You are listening to the TF Cast, a Mankato-based arts and culture podcast where we hear stories of upcoming projects and get to know the people making things happen all across southern Minnesota. This podcast was recorded February 24th of 2021. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the TF Cast. This is episode number 34. Today with us we have Amber Ray, a artist, educator, and um, most recently, the winner of the Best in Show at the 410 Juried Art Show. Amber, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Introduce your work to the audience and people who might not be familiar with it. Okay. <clears throat> Hi. <laughs> I'm a painter, artist, uh, living in Mankato for I don't even know how many years now. A long time. <laughs> um I currently just work out of my home. I have a really nice studio in my basement, um, working on my my own work and commissions when they come in. Uh, occasionally I teach, not so much right now during the pandemic, but that's uh, hopefully going to come back pretty soon. Mm-hmm. And just this to cover it right away, this recent... Um why we were introduced to your work was uh, there was a juried show at the 410 Project and uh, your piece was selected as, what was it the best in... Best in show. Best yeah. in show. I believe it was called the Fly on Fly? Flies on Fly. Flies on Fly. What was... What was it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of an interesting thing. It's like a, a very large fly or there's a normal size fly with miniature flies. I'm unsure which it is. But um, <laughs> what was some of the inspiration there? All right. Um, so it's a green bottle fly. Uh, green bottle flies feed on garbage. Mm. Um, so you can take it as a regular size fly or a giant fly if you want with tiny flies on it. But it actually kind of happened um, after watching the vice presidential debate. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> so it's kind of like a statement of it's like crap on crap. Yeah, no, uh, yeah. It's definitely having a garbage <laughs> snack there. <laughs> That's funny. I It stood out to me right away because it was a... a Pretty large piece. Do you, do you know the dimensions off the yep. top of your head? It's 18 by 24. Okay. Yeah. So over a foot by like about two feet and, and then just one big fly filling up kind of the whole thing. And then if, once you look closer, you see the other ones. Um, it, I really like macro photography. So it was like immediately cool to see. I don't know if you, do you, do you know what I, what, where I'm drawing that connection, like with the macro yep. photography? Are you inspired by that at all? Or is it just kind of coincidental that it looks, it hits that? Nope, you, you've got it. Okay. Um, I mean, I look at a lot of uh, macro photography for like references okay. um, for my current stuff that I work with. Because I, um, I guess I can kind of go into how these paintings kind of came about at this point in time. That would make sense. Um mm-hmm. So I started working um, on these two series that I worked on previously, aside from the flies on fly and the type of work that I have on my website, the current stuff. Mm-hmm. One of them was, um, I, I kind of loosely call it my death series. Mm-hmm. And the other one, I call it my faith series. And it has to do with um, my, my grandmother had cancer. 
and it spread really fast. Mm. Um, it was breast cancer and it kind of, it went right to her brain and all throughout her body and watching her die for three years. Um, I kind of cataloged what was happening to her. I made her into a character that was like a bird. Um, cause bird usually represents spirit in, um, <clears throat> most, most people's minds mm. or freedom kind of. And the bird in the series kind of slowly like loses color um, where's like hospital mass, there's like, um, family members gathered around in one kind of situation. But then after that happened, um, while I was watching her die, I was kind of paying attention to my family members and what they looked like, um, while she was passing away. And there was this kind of moment that, um, everybody kind of had when doctors would say something like they'd give you a little bit of hope with like a new medication or something. And I called it the look of faith because even if it wasn't faith in God, if it was faith in science, faith in whatever, there was kind of like this moment that they got this bright look in their eyes. So mm. I did an entire series based on that. <laughs> and then after I got done with those two really heavy series, I was exhausted mm -hmm. and I just was kind of fried. So I wanted to do some painting that was really light, um, I wanted to make a mess. <laughs> so I started, uh, uh, all these paintings are on Upo paper, which is a synthetic paper. Um, it's kind of like more like a plastic. It's really smooth with no, no teeth in it. Mm -hmm. um, so it's ink that I'm using and uh, with rubbing alcohol. So it's not alcohol ink, which a, a lot of people thinks it, think it is. It's not. Um, so ink and rubbing alcohol, when you pour them together, they kind of repel they don't like each other. <laughs> so oh. I pour it on this paper. It kind of pools and moves around for like hours. <laughs> and I try and manipulate it. I blow on it with a straw or I hit it. So it makes like splatter marks. Mm. Um, it's a huge mess and very freeing. <laughs> um, and then I'm also extremely um, compulsive, I guess. <laughs> um and I like a lot of detail. Uh, so once I had these like mess of inks kind of laid out on the paper, I started to kind of think about um, what lives there. So whether it be um, a bird or uh, some sort of animal, a flower, um, usually stuff from nature because it's kind of calming and peaceful for me <laughs> or mm -hmm. people in general. Um, so it's kind of similar to like the process of like when you're a kid and you're looking at the clouds and you're trying to find shapes in the clouds. Mm. Um, so it's a really, it, it's not a real deep process. <laughs> um, but I still research everything I put in there um, along with finding uh, uh, references to look at, which is the macro photography. Does that mm. make sense? <laughs> this paper you're talking about, it it can maintain water for that long? Is it like almost like photo paper or something? Kind where of. It, it just doesn't, how does it dry on there if it's so hydrophobic? Um, well, it does eventually kind of absorb. Mm. Um, so you can't like, um, some inks that I use, you can actually like scratch them back off like with a some sort of sharp exacto knife or blade or something um but it does it still will stain so you never it never really comes off completely um uh i think it was it's meant to be used more for like watercolor 
So it does absorb, but it, it feels like plastic. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. It's the coolest paper that's come out in a long time. I've been using it for a while. So I don't even, I would have never imagined like just papers coming out, you know, like a, a brand new <laughs> <laughs> as a person it, who doesn't like use a lot of different papers. Was it newly created? Do you know as if it's a new or is it new to you? I found out about it in grad school. Okay. So, um, let's see, <laughs> probably about 2010. And that was the first time I had ever heard of it. And it was really hard to find. Like you couldn't find it in just a normal art store. You had mm. to order it from a special place. I think there's a good number of things like, like colors too. Like they make colors that weren't previously available. And some of them are kind of hard to get your hands on. Yeah. Um, there's a new blue that just came out. I forget what it's called. I've heard of that. Yeah. I haven't used it's it. It's interesting. <laughs> Yeah, you know, there's a there's a whole thing about how um, like the perception of blue and like when blue and when purple came from blue in in society. I, I wish I could explain it, but you know, basically we we didn't even have some of these colors in our perception until later on. They weren't even mentioned in literature until mm. the past you know few many hundreds of years. But we just didn't have the ability to make them, and they never discerned between it until certain point maybe you know what i'm talking about you know yeah talking about? yep um i mean i don't know exactly when purple came about but i i mean there's i know a couple little facts like there's a specific color blue that was called the sacred blue um it was used uh i think it was outlawed i don't remember the year or the time period but it was outlawed by um the church to have anybody else use it because it was saved only for the virgin mary Oh, and I can imagine exactly what that looks like now. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's like on a robe kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Uh, Interesting. Well, and here we are creating new colors of blue. So that's neat. What uh, what is so? Could could you use the style of painting that you have with a regular like watercolor paper, or would it not work on that? Uh, I mean, in theory, I could. Um, you'd probably have a lot more uh, places where it kind of soaked into the paper a little bit more. So mm. it wouldn't be able to um, capture the type of movement that the ink has. Because mm -hmm. um, when I'm letting these things dry and manipulating them as best I can, um, there's all sorts of like swirl marks that happen. There's sometimes like air bubbles that get in get onto the paper because my ink was bubbly or something mm. and when it dries the bubbles don't stay but it pops and it leaves almost like a uh, a circle and it's the ink is a little bit more um solid so it it kind of creates a texture too so i don't mm. know that it would be the same on watercolor paper or to my liking anyway it's probably still have some cool mm. effects but and you use, you, you talk about the, the ink kind of spreading. I remember seeing that in the background of it. Um, and then do you, do you use that same technique to get the fly on the top or do you use a different style uh, for that other layer? The fly on the top, um, I basically, I use ink, mm -hmm. but it's just applied with a brush, brush oh. and water. More of a traditional painting style. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. I I liked what you said about it being a, an ex, like an exploration of the patterns created by the 
by the alcohol mixture and then kind of like seeing what fits in there it sounded like you might draw some inspiration for like what you see in the like you, you said clouds right like yeah like kind of looking at the clouds and being like oh I isn't it like that a, shape there isn't that like a game yeah. does, does it have a name <laughs> i don't know I, I remember doing it like i remember i've certainly looked at the clouds and i didn't know there was a name to it well i think it, in art it's like um finding the subject in the piece people talk about like carving something where you like carve out of wood and you you kind of oh. reveal what was always yeah. within it. Like the statue is only always in the block of marble. Someone just revealed it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I guess it's kind of similar. <laughs> yeah. I do that with music too, actually, where you kind of like do something and then you're like, what was that? What do I like from it? And then it inspires the next part of it. So it's a cool way of creating things. Definitely. Uh, so you mentioned you had the series of um, some of some of the heavier topics with your paintings. Um, I actually be curious where the if, if those are available anywhere, whether it's online where we can send people to kind of check it out. Yep, it's all on my uh, website. Okay. It's www. com and it's R A H E. Okay. Um, and then amber spelled just like the color. <clears throat> But uh, it's in the archive. Uh, okay. So there's like when you go to my web page, there's a bar at the top where you can see, it, you know, where to go. There's like a shop um, for my stores. And then there's the archive. There's contact information, like a normal website. <laughs> when, you, when you started explaining the, the bird series, with your, there's there's like a cartoon bird almost that's there now like when you go there and so when you first started talking about that i was like is that the same one because those are um what is it? it's like a red bird it's kind yeah. of like being pulled in either direction is that a different one what a red bird pulled in either direction i don't know how to explain it like he it's like a little bit more i, I can't explain it well i'm at, at one point the grant i call it the grandma bird i guess um mm -hmm. she does she is red and she kind of slowly loses color through the series, so there are some red birds in it. <laughs> I mean, I, uh, I can't describe. I can't describe what I'm. You don't just go look at the website. <laughs> <laughs> What's next in terms of? Uh, you got any ideas for a series coming up, or are you working on anything now? I'm currently finishing up some really big commissions. I'm working on, so I'm trying to keep my focus on finishing those before I truly decide what I'm going to do. But I'm still working. You know, I'm working on like a six foot by four and a half foot painting that's oil. Um, so you have dry time. So I still work on like the inks in between. Um, that is really big. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I'm still having fun doing the inks. Um, and I think they're actually a little bit more relatable uh, to a lot of people for like mainstream. And the reason, one of the other reasons I started doing them, I make them small like the 18 by 24 one that's um, that one best in show that that's the largest I've done them. They're mm. normally either five by seven or 11 by 14. And I purposefully did that. So they'd be like more affordable. So if you want to buy something of mine, you can spend $80 or $200 or mm. 500 instead of 6,000. That is a that is a big barrier for a lot of people, especially when they like you know walk into a gallery and they they right. see it like oh I love this and then they realize like 
I, I think most people don't realize things like dry times or like, you know, yeah. how long something like that might end up taking. So they, they just get sticker shock and yeah. they don't realize. They, they 100% don't understand the um, amount of time that goes into something. Like if you're going to commission, say, even a portrait, mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. they don't understand that it's, it might take more than a week <laughs> or, you know. Yeah. It, it's going to be $500 if you want a four foot by four foot painting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's just, a, that's just a big painting. You, I would need to think about where that would go in the first place, you know? Right. So, and, and you know, a lot of times when you see really cool art, it's a, it's a little bit of a, a challenge to like, think it's like, well, that's huge and awesome, but it's also like a, a big statement. Kinda. Yeah. Mm. So, and I think that's why you end up with a lot of kind of like, stuff that matches the paint in houses. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> and I, I, like I said, I did the smaller sizes on purpose, but I also, you know, you don't get a whole lot of uh, commissions usually for something that's really big or that's mm. going to bring you in a lot of income. So I guess I was looking for a way to, you know, make my income come in a little bit quicker. Plus I do prints of everything. So even if like the flies on fly is 18 by 24, I mean, on my website, you can get it, you can get it on a greeting card if you want. Hmm. <laughs> so. That's pretty cool. How, what, what, how do you, how does it do that and get scaled? Do you have some kind of photography equipment or does it, it scanned or? Um, it depends on the size. Um, I have a scanner. Uh, so the sizes of the, the five by sevens that I make and the 11 by 17s, those can all be scanned. Um, and then I have, uh, a really nice camera <laughs> and some, some lights and some mm. light boxes and stuff. And if it's the 18 by 24, those are photographed. And then I am the luckiest artist alive because my husband is a graphic designer. So, oh. <laughs> so he like takes care of like the touching up and, you know, adjusting the colors if need be. And then uh, recently because of the pandemic, uh, I was having a trouble getting um, prints made because it like shipping time and stuff like that. It just didn't work out. So I actually mm. wiped out my, my business account and bought my own printer. Oh, wow. So I can print up to 16 by 20 now. <laughs> so that's cool. I could imagine that would make a, make a substantial difference. Yeah. Well, speaking of pandemic stuff, maybe we should talk about the uh, maker's market. Like that's oh, yeah. kind of a, a neat thing that you're gonna be participating in here soon. Um, just, I don't know, like give us the same rundown you did before about like <laughs> what the maker's market's all about. So the maker space uh, has always done these maker's fairs or maker's markets um, multiple times a year, usually. So um, essentially you sign up to get a booth and um, you display your stuff and you can sell whatever you want there. Um, and it's a little bit of a fee for, for me, but it doesn't cost anything for anybody to go. And with the pandemic, they had to stop doing everything because you you couldn't in, in their space. So you couldn't gather mm -hmm. that many people. It was just impossible. Yeah. So they decided <clears throat> since it was the winter, they were going to do a virtual one. And, uh, I participated in the first one they ran, uh, and it worked out. I can't even believe how nicely and smoothly it worked. 
Um, I kind of went into it real, like, <laughs> not too sure about mm -hmm. it. <laughs> and I even said that. I was like, I don't know. I guess I'll try it. <laughs> mm -hmm. But uh, they essentially, it's like a Zoom call or a Zoom meeting, and there's an invite. Um, so you can go to, like, Facebook or the, I'm assuming the Makerspace, like, website has some sort of link on it that you can go to. And you sign up to go. Um, it doesn't cost you anything. It's essentially, it's, you just click on something and say, yes, I want to go to that. And then once you, once the day arrives, which is March 21st from 12 to four is the next one. Um, once that arrives, uh, you can actually just go to it, you know, click on your invite or your ticket mm -hmm. and you can go to any room. So it's like a private room that like, say I would be in, mm -hmm. like every artist has their private room and you can go to whichever room you want. You can kind of go in and out of them. You can talk with the artist. you can ask them questions, um, and you can purchase anything you want. Uh, uh, usually, uh, they offered a couple different options last time on how you would pick them up. The Makerspace actually did something where, uh, like, say you wanted to buy a print, um, instead of me just dropping it off um, at your house, which was an option also, you could actually pick it up at the Makerspace, uh, like, mm -hmm. during certain times. Or you could just order off the website if it, if the artist had a website. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's a really nice concept because I think sometimes people are just, like, afraid of artists. You know, like you, you don't know when the appropriate time to bring up the work is or like to it's not like it's it's not like you can just go kick the tires like it's a car lot. You know, it's it's all personal and it's all something else. So like being like, this is the time where you can come in and just be like, so you do paintings, huh? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I didn't I didn't. It wasn't too weird. And you can even like you don't have to like have your your video camera up when you go either. So I don't have to like look at the people that come in. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you want to, like if you want to go to the art fair and like, you know, you didn't wake up in time and you just rolled mm -hmm. out of bed and you're in your pajamas, you can still go. And you can, you're able to display your work. Do you like do like a slideshow or? <clears throat> this last maker's market or maker's fair I had like uh, a sheet that I shared my um, my home screen so they could just see what I had on my computer. And I had uh, a slideshow going. Um, I had a, a video, like a time-lapse video of me doing different steps of the process so people could just watch that and like understand mm. a little bit more. And then I had a, a sheet that had all my information uh, as far as like website and pricing and stuff like that. That's neat. Yeah, it sounds like a cool event. Are they going to, do you know if they're going to do a lot more like that? Or um, are you connected with them at all or just as, a, as an artist? Yeah, um, I don't have a membership to the Makerspace mm. at the moment. I've kind of thought about it off and so. on. It's a cool spot. It's so cool. Yeah. Um, I, have, I have a really nice studio. So, mm. I mean, at the moment, I don't need a space to paint, but I've thought about it for like, I, I love throwing pots. I'm really, mm. really bad at it, but I love doing it. So, I mean, if I, if I get a little bit of time that I want to spend, you know, I, I, th I think about it, mm -hmm. <laughs> but, um, 
they planned on doing more. So I think normally they do like four a year or five a year mm -hmm. when, you know, non-pandemic times. Uh, but I think they've done, they've only done, this will be the second virtual one. Mm. So, well, I'm sure there's like a little bit of a learning curve at the beginning. So maybe they'll, maybe they'll be able to do a lot more with this sort of a format or something too. I think there's a cool space for, um, industries that have been affected to like find a new way of operating. And then I, I obviously, hopefully things open up in a real way again, but it's nice to have a couple of options with how, uh, things are organized like that. Yeah. Being able to do something more virtually when it makes sense. So Yeah, there's not actually any reason to stop doing something like that. I mean, there's plenty of reasons why someone might not be able to make it. So if, if something works now, we just keep doing it moving forward. I hadn't thought about that for things like that, but... Mm -hmm. Yeah, like maybe maybe it is useful to have an element of like a, an online experience or, you know, the first 20 minutes while people are showing up, you kind of do an online segment or... I guess I don't know about the tech infrastructure they had to put in for that, but they had like two tech people because they, before the, the first one that they held, there was like mm -hmm. three meetings that like virtual zoom meetings that they mm -hmm. um, had us practice, like setting up our rooms and kind of teaching everybody about like what they were supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And honestly, they really didn't have any bugs it, awesome. it went like so smooth. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. I, know I shouldn't be so surprised. I, I feel bad. Yeah, no, Makerspace make people. I'm sorry. I was just, I was just really surprised. <laughs> <laughs> the way you got quiet, I thought you were going to reveal something horrible or something. It was like, oh, everything went perfect. <laughs> no, no, it did. I, I was involved. I won't name this one, but I was involved in another one that was supposed to be virtual and it was horrible horrible mm. so i kind of went into the makerspace one thinking oh is this gonna be another one of those but it was not <laughs> at oh. all well that it's certainly a challenging format adapting something designed for people to be in a space and interact with it and then trying to i i think uh, a lot of visual artists just have a, a difficult time with that in general i don't like the work doesn't come through the same way online right? like that's that's just kind of obvious but um, so adapting to that, like forcing people, cause we're, we're more online than we ever have been. Like, that's just something that people need to come to terms with. Um, mm -hmm. so like if the, if the pandemic pushes people in that direction, I think it's a good thing anyways, cause we need to be there. I mean, and support one another online cause that's just where things are anyways. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know, you, you meet a lot of artists who are kind of like. I don't know. I don't want to say like a little bit like secretive or like they're just like very selective about how they show their work. And you know that might be the, the good thing, but sometimes it's uh, I, I think it's just cause there's just so much of a, a barrier from how they want it to be there and to the other thing online, you know, mm. <sighs> well, a bad way of explaining that. Maybe part of the artist's creative process is like how it's shown. And so doing it digitally offers some other challenges. There, yeah. I can speak to that a little bit. Like, you know, I talked about the the ink pouring process and how it leaves a little bit of a texture. Mm. No matter what you do digitally, you're not going to see that. Mm -hmm. um, so there's always just a little bit of disappointment. Like mm. when you when you don't see it in person, you miss out on a couple different levels. But mm. I'm the artist. I'm probably the only one who notices that. 
Well, I don't think that's true. It's about how people, some people will like the art aficionados, yeah. but like you, the same thing could be said about a musician who's like, Oh, like I don't want anyone to listen to my music if they're going to listen to it on their phone speaker, you know, like, how, like <laughs> how, how, how could they possibly appreciate my work? And people do, you know, like you don't yeah. get to decide how people appreciate what you make. Well, you'll um, like this. I'm, I'm not a musician. I don't know anything about music. My husband is a musician. So he talks about this stuff all the time, but he calls me like an audio snob because I refuse to listen to any new music he's showing me on my phone or anything other than like our Bose surround sound system mm -hmm. or headphones. That's, that's good <laughs> listening habits, sounds like. It, I mean, it is. It, it is like kind of like... It, like I am always like horrified to like show someone someone and then, you know, they open up their laptop or whatever. And it's like, oh. I mean, okay, fine. It, like I don't get to pick, but like that's, it's obviously going to sound bad. It always sounds bad. It's the tinny. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I feel very similarly to you. I went on kind of my own audio journey because I thought that things don't sound right. Like, you know, you get like the little, you know, Magnavox box, the, the circle thing. You know what I'm talking about? It's like the boom box no. with the CD player. It's like <laughs> a boom box. Yeah. Like a boom box. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's terrible in every way. And like the instruments don't sound like what they are. It's confusing to listen to because yeah. it just sounds like something else. And I, I feel like phones went through a long journey. Now it's starting to sound good, but it was a long time before it I disagree. Got there. I think they all sound like crap through a phone. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, do you remember phones in, like, 2004? Yeah. Like, it, it was... They're getting better every release. I Even, like, you know, this phone compared to one a couple of years newer, it's, like, significantly different. And you're like, it's still missing a lot. It's it's interesting to try to perceive the differences in audio quality because it's a very relative experience. Um, which is why a lot of people who aren't super into listening just kind of default to whatever's the easiest. Um, so it's kind of cool that you're a little more uh, discerning in that regard. I think that's important. I've, I've, kind of, <laughs> <laughs> I've always been like, I have another friend that's a musician. She's a singer mm -hmm. and she'll, she'll play me stuff on her computer. I'm like, what are you doing? You're a singer. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not even hearing half of the stuff you're doing. Uh, like, what's the point? She's, she just doesn't care. <laughs> I guess. Well, I, that is, the thing is, is you have to do that. Like, I mean, if you're, if you're mixing a track or something, like at some point you're going to bounce it out and play it on your phone because like, you know, people are going to listen to it yeah. Um, yeah. that way. And for a lot of people, that is just how they do it. I suppose. I, yeah, you, you got a point there. I recently, my husband recently helped me redo my website. And for some reason, my website was not, it was working on every single device we had except for our phones. And it was mm. only with our, our Apple phones. Mm. Um, it works now. There was some sort of update that it fixed it. But and I kept telling him, like, it's, it doesn't matter. Like, that's what mm. I show people on. If they're asking me, I'm going to go to my website on my phone. Mm -hmm. So that makes, I mean, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Well, was, we, we even have to curate our videos in such a style where they appear nicely on people's phones, too, because we can look at our an, an analytics or whatever, and it's some majority of the percentages on phone usage and through a lot of different social media stuff. And I mean, I do that all the time, too. I don't 
it's easy to use the thing that you have most available rather than like the best thing at times. Right. It's like literally in my hand and I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> I, I only listen to podcasts on my phone, but with headphones. Mm. So I guess that doesn't even count. It's I like, will go put my headphones on. <laughs> it's like a little scary that people are in your head. How do you, how do you, I don't, I don't, I don't think I could listen to podcasts with headphones. Really? Like even, even, even this sometimes, like I hear myself talking, I feel like there's a voice in my head mm. um, and I don't like that. It's, it's uh, like headphones talking to me or like watching a movie or a documentary and headphones. I'd rather wa- listen to it on like very low speakers because it, I don't know, it just sounds like it's, it's that in your head feeling. I kind of like it. Mm. Yeah. There's something called um, audio hallucinations. It's mm. got a fancier name. I think I know what you're talking about. I have them. <laughs> oh. Apparently they're very rare. <laughs> Interesting. Um, basically you just, it sounds like you're hearing voices when you're like going to sleep or when you're um, uh, just about to fall asleep. Interesting. It's real creepy. It I sounds like somebody's like whispering in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> you can't hear what they're saying. It just sounds like whispers. Mm. But yeah, it's, I can't, it's the, I can't remember the fancy word for it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> just, you know, try and keep going closer and investigate a little bit. You can't, you're sleeping or you're <laughs> almost sleeping. <laughs> you're not dreaming. You can just kind of hear it. Like I'll focus on it and try and figure out what, if there's any words I can pick up, but there never is. I used to be really terrified of it when I was a kid. Mm. Wow. Like, was it, that, that's such an odd experience. Did, <laughs> when did you first... Start communicating that to people. Like, um, I think I said something to my friend. Um, oh no, it was my cousin. I was probably about in my early twenties, and uh, I said something about like hearing voices when I went to sleep, and she was like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, "No, don't you?" Isn't that normal? Yeah, isn't that normal? And then I asked a doctor about it, and they were like, "Yeah, it's." It's audio hallucinations. Interesting. I, I thought you were talking about um, there's a there's certain ways that you can uh, manipulate the eardrum as a you know like physically manipulate it into creating a second sound or harmonic. So you can uh, you can hit it with such frequencies at such volumes where your eardrum will act as its own instrument and create a third or fourth tone that is perceptible. And that's what I thought you were talking about, but what you're talking about is something totally no, different. No, this has something to do with like brain, brain activity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Like a glitch. It's like, well, there's a lot of things like that. I think right around that time when you're falling asleep or something like sleep paralysis and some yeah. other, uh, sleep things. I know I just end up having to like pull out my notebook or something. Cause I get all my good ideas when I'm trying to fall asleep. It's but. just rude. Honestly, like I'm, that <laughs> bothers me. If I like wake up in the middle of the night with a good idea, I'm like, Nope, I'm just sabotaging this. It ain't happening. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have pretty bad insomnia. So I try and not disturb my sleep with notebook writing. Cause I'm never mm. going back to sleep if that's happening. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's exactly how I feel. It's just like, how dare you? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like I'm finally sleeping. I'm comfortable. I'm in bed. Like I'm not dealing with whatever this is. Like once I get, I fall asleep, there's no waking me at all. Mm. Like a train could go through my room and I'd be just fine. But so mm. I, I rarely wake up in the middle of the night. No ideas there. 
Well, good good sleep is is it the good sleep is supposed to be good for art or bad for art? Well, I imagine it's good because I mean, good sleep is good for your body mm. in general. Keeps your keeps your I mind fresh and such. I've never looked into how it affects my creative process. I guess mm. I get way more ambitious when I'm loopy. And I mean, you know, like there might be some other inputs there, but like, you know, I feel like when I'm slightly in inhibited, if like I'm super tired or something, like I'll be coming up with all kinds of ideas, probably because wow. I'm not as critical of myself. <laughs> but that's a great idea. <laughs> I guess I've, I've never, I, I've never thought about like sleep deprived creative process, but I do mm. know, like, I mean, gotten a little tipsy and and painted and that's always fun mm. i would imagine i find yeah i find sometimes when i'm sleepy i get creative but not in a not in a way that i can like capture well so it does it usually has like diminishing returns pretty quickly but i think it's because it's so it's so like you know it's going away so it's like easy to kind of Mm. You know, like knowing there's a time limit on the the activity makes it better. Or as, mm. You know, like kind of like your normal day-to-day -day brain is just kind of pretty predictable. Mm. Plot it out. It's all work. <laughs> I'll have to pay attention next time I, I don't sleep. Mm. But I would never like get out of bed and like try painting. If I'm, if I can't sleep, that would just be... <laughs> Then I'm real. Then I'm up for a full like twenty hours, and it's not gonna happen. It's <laughs> awful. I feel like I, I feel like the process of finishing a painting could easily like push into that territory, anyways, of like wanting it to get done and those processes of drying. How long does it take an oil painting to like in between a layer? Do you have to wait? It just depends on how thick the paint is. Mm -hmm. um, the one I'm currently working on is specifically asked for thicker paint, um, so that I usually give it about a week and then kind of test it. And it depends, like um, some of the different colors that I use have longer dry times depending on the amount of oil or the type of oil that's in the paint. Hmm. They, they want it thicker on account of like, uh, they want some kind of like texture that's yeah. added. So it's, I mean, that, that's another one of those things that you would never be able to see that on the internet. I mean, it's basically like some kind of relief or is yep. relief the right word? That works. Yeah. But uh, it, Oh, man, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, and it's, I mean, I've never actually had anybody request that before. So, I mean, it's its a little bit new for me with that amount of texture. Because my, my paintings are usually pretty thin. Mm. I don't use a lot of paint. Mm. And this is like, like how, how much how much texture are you talking about? You're talking about like something like raised quarter inch or something? Uh, in some places, maybe. Mm-hmm. It's... It's pretty thick. I'm still, in, I'm, I'm kind of in the medium <laughs> stage where I'm, I'm kind of just laying down colors to like map out where like shadows and highlights and stuff are. So mm. not, not a lot of places on it have texture, but they've expressed their desire for texture. So I will build that up eventually. <laughs> do you, do you like the challenge of um, taking someone's kind of like loosely put together? I, I imagine sometimes people are very explicit with what they want, but yep. Um, do you like yielding those requests and then have, letting that influence your, your artwork? Yes. The weirder the, requre the request, the better. Mm. That's <laughs> um, interesting. I, I think it's just, 
it's more challenging. So, or if it's something that I've never done before that I have to figure out, like I do a lot of weird commissions. Like I recently did a statue restoration. Um, mm. It was a statue of St. Joseph. Um, so that was interesting. Um, I do wood burning. I do some wood carving. Um, I had a hand injury, so I kind of stopped doing that for a while, mm. but uh <clears throat> I do all sorts of weird stuff. So yeah, the weirder the the request, the better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we just been talking about the painting the whole time. I didn't know you're such a multimedia artist. I don't know that I would call myself. I've been called that by other people, <laughs> but I think I I don't like to limit myself in. Um, I'm only I'm only going to use oil paint. Mm-hmm. Um, I I paint with oil. I paint with acrylic. I paint with uh, ink. I use watercolor, I use graphite, I use pastel, I use charcoal. Um, I do wood carving, wood yeah. burning, basically drawing with a hot iron. Well, how do you find yourself in the <clears throat> position to, to restore a statue if you don't, you don't want to call yourself that? <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've done it a couple of times. Um, I come from a fairly religious background. Um, I grew up Catholic. Uh, so a lot of my family members, including my grandma, um, had a lot of statues and my grandma had an actually quite beautiful statue of, uh, the Virgin Mary in her garden area in her yard. And every year, like clockwork, it would get stolen on Halloween and beheaded. So Uh about once a year, I'd have to put the head back on Mary (laughs) Uh-huh. And patch it back up and repaint it. <laughs> well, it pays to have an artist in the family, I guess. She was an artist too. She and she mm. did statue restoration for the church. So I think it was just she was kind of done with it at that point, and I could do it. So she just had me do it. That's so. We- it's weird that someone would behead a statue. Like I understand stealing a statue and putting it somewhere else, but do they like paint blood on it or something? Nope. Um, I think the last time I fixed the statue, the statue of Mary of my grandma's, it was found in a dumpster by the Lutheran church. Hmm. I mean, no, Lutheran's got some beef. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing was done to the statue except for the head was off. And I think the head kept falling off basically because it had been repaired so many times. Oh, so like they pick it up and they realize they broke it. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) It's not there anymore. So my grandma passed away. So there's, I think my cousin has the statue now and it's in her garden. Mm. We won't tell the Lutherans. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, maybe that's a good place to wrap it up. Can we, can we direct people towards uh, a shop, a social platform, sites? I know you already mentioned the, the website. The website has, like, you could just go directly to my website and it has all the links to all my social media um, and my store. Um, So, but you could go find me on Facebook. You could find me on Twitter. You can find me on Instagram. And each of those social media platforms has links to the other ones. Mm -hmm. So it's not hard to find me. Although there is another Amber Ray, but it's spelled R-A-Y and she's a burlesque dancer. That's not me. 
worth checking out, but not you. She kind I mean, the picture on her website, it's, it's a little bit shadowy and she has long dark hair. So I have had people ask me if that was me. <laughs> it's not me. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, we'll send people over there and uh, support your, your local artists. Check out the shop. And, uh, the, uh, maker the maker space thing, space. March 21st, one to four. 12. 12 to 4. 12 to 4, March oh. 21st. <laughs> oh, and don't forget about the 410 project. Yeah, the show how? is up until March 7th. And the juried shows are like the best. There's They hang at salon style. There's, I think, 100 and some pieces down it's there. It's 117. 117, yeah. Yeah, Dana asked me to guess how many were in it. I was like, I don't know, seven. She's like, it's the jury show, you idiot. <laughs> it's, it's always over 100, but they're my favorite because there's so many, it's, the show is so varied and there's so many different things to look at. So mm. check out the jury show at 410. Yeah. Or is it, do you know if it's all like local folks or just probably regional at least? I think she said this time that it it wasn't just regional but i think it's limited to minnesota uh -huh. but you got to bring it in so like yeah, there's you that be, you know yeah to be ready to hang and you got to pay five bucks cash right on. i think we should we that. should do an episode to promote the jury show one of these times it's yeah. five dollars per piece and um they do have the jury show every year but they also have the halloween one Mm -hmm. Um, and that's a juried show also, I, I believe. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go check out, check it out this afternoon, I think. So, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Okay. Cool. Well, thanks for joining us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in. You can find show notes for this in every episode at triplefalls.org. Thank you.